0: are now tuned into
1: the Our Two Cents Podcast. Thanks again and
0: welcome to another episode of Our Two Cents Pod. I am Dergo BJ. You can definitely follow me at D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter and Instagram and I have my co-host here.
1: Mona Lisa, M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A.
0: And we're back again with another episode. Um, Today is um, a very touchy um, conversation about um, allowing your children to be who they are. And no is no real way of not offending anybody with a conversation such as this one. But um, I think it's a very necessary conversation because um, who would we be if our parents allowed us to be children Um, my personal experiences of um, not being able to actually have a childhood because I was responsible for babysitting kids that wasn't mine that wasn't even my mama's you know my mother you know looking out for family and all of these different things and actually um making me sacrifice a childhood to you know be benevolent to people that she don't even talk to today um Just the idea of letting your kids be kids. So we pose the question. If you go to a toy store and you let your son, you know, pick. And we say son because we're the most critical of um, boys when it comes to what they play with, what they do, how they express themselves, should they have emotions and, you know, those type of things. So you give your son the opportunity to go into a toy store. Let's just say Toys R Us is still popping. And you say you can have whatever you want in this store. And you allow him to go and pick one item with his own free will. And he comes back with a Barbie doll. Would you, as a woman, buy that doll for him?
1: Hmm. I mean the easy I mean sitting here, it would be easy for me to say yes, because this is my son, and this is what he wants. But I would be lying if I say that there wouldn't be some questioning that's taken place prior because even with my own daughter, we have gone in a store and I've allowed her to pick whatever Barbie doll she wanted, and she come back with this Caucasian, this white baby doll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do you want this baby? Don't you want a baby, a pretty brown, dark-skinned baby doll? Mm-hmm. My concern at that point was wanting her to be proud of her her complexion. You know, I don't right. want her to be ashamed or to feel some type of way about who she is as a, as, as a dark-skinned you know, girl. Um, and as she probably wasn't even thinking that far into it. She just wanted this baby. Right. right but I, and, and I've gone through this line of questioning with her. Ultimately I buy the doll she wants, but I still think that a part of me should have, you know, should have just gotten it, <laughs> you know, right. as opposed to going through this line of questioning with this child about their preference. Um, So I don't know that that's really, really a a really hard question to really answer because I don't know unless I'm really in that that realm. I think ultimately, because it's not simply just allowing a child to be a child at that point, you're also talking about um, if he if he's wanting a Barbie doll. And this is also talking about gender identity or sexual identity, you know. And that's kind of like the prequel to, well, what's going to come later if you want this doll versus the basketball or the truck or right. the action figures or the trading cards.
0: Yeah. I think that as adults and this is kind of like a duality conversation because this is the difference between the, the modern versus the millennial how we look at the millennials as like fearless. They do and say and respond to what they feel with no mm-hmm. type of reservation or regret. Um, This is honestly the same conversation. It's just with parents versus children. Mm-hmm. And I think that children just ultimately want to be children. I don't really think that um, they're giving you the display of, their internal feelings Mm -hmm. and their, you know, fun or their toy choices. But um, to answer the question for myself, I would probably before today, I would have said, hell Mm no, you know, because of the way that I was brought up as a kid. And I didn't realize until I questioned myself based on this topic that I was forced to be who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was told that men did certain things. Um, But what I also noticed that um, in this experience with having a, a male, whether it be my father, my grandfather, uncle, whoever, there was a lot of things that men did that they left out. They left out that men do cry. Men do have emotions, men Mm -hmm. have feelings, men have questions, Mm -hmm. men have, you know, torments Mm -hmm. and social political issues and all of these different things, insecurities. We have a lot of things that this baby doll could have been instrumental in teaching, you know, a young boy. Today, I would have to say, yeah, I would buy the doll because now I understand that. Anytime your child presents a challenge to you, you have to step up to that Mm -hmm. challenge. So here we have my son looking at me and say, Daddy, I want the baby doll with the stringy white hair and the, you know, C-cup, breast, whatever. Okay, cool. Now I get to sit down and I get to say to you, well, this this is how you deal with women as a black man. Because even though this is a toy that you chose... If you go out into the real world, you can't, you know, do certain things with this particular color and type Mm -hmm. of woman. You get to actually take advantage of the teachable moments. Whereas if he had picked up a black baby doll, it's a certain way that you have to explain to your young boy. It's a complete difference in how you treat certain women. You can't treat the white girl like you treat the black girl. Mm-hmm. which they are created equal in certain aspects but there's some inequalities mm-hmm. nonetheless like you have to take advantage mm-hmm. of those teachable moments and then you have to put yourself in the position to buy more toys
1: mm-hmm. like
0: you can't just if you if you want to balance the child's childhood by giving him both the you know the yin and yang of some sort yeah. like you want to make sure that they understand themselves totally then yeah you buy the baby doll but then you also buy the male doll too so that you can teach your kid how to interact
1: mm-hmm.
0: with you know male and female boy and girl if you want your son to know that women are not the only ones who are supposed to cook in a relationship mm-hmm. then allow that boy to get the easy bake oven that that's so much what yes. he chooses yes get him the The play school kitchen so Mm -hmm. that he can begin to take on those virtues that we take for granted as children. Like little girls don't know that they want to be mothers when they're little.
1: Very true.
0: You know what I'm saying? They just naturally have this instinct to pick up a baby doll and care for it and comb its hair. That's just the the Mm -hmm. virtue of a child. And we take that away from them kind of by believing that we can steer sexuality we can Mm -hmm. steer what they're into you know as far as their personal being you know we want our sons to play football they may not want to play you know what i'm saying so we have to focus more on what we can actually control and then the funny thing about this conversation is We get so caught up in trying to make the decisions for our children Mm -hmm. that we totally forgot that it's a possibility that if you didn't buy that toy, Mm -hmm. you did worse by breaking that promise.
1: Absolutely.
0: Standing right there in the store. Like you said, (laughs) I can have whatever I want. Yeah. But when I came with the baby doll, you shitted on it and...
1: I mean, I don't think I would necessarily not buy the toy for my kid. It's just that, you know, I think I would definitely have a line of questioning that I probably sh- shouldn't have at that moment. And just kind of observe and, and have these conversations with the child later. As opposed to... um standing here with this little kid asking him, well, why do you want this toy? What right. is this so significant about this toy versus this other toy? And that even goes to show you how sometimes our mindset is just stuck on how we were programmed mm-hmm. and raised. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not even concerned about the sexuality part of, because I, I'm yeah, I don't know. I mean, whether my kid ever decides to be, heterosexual homosexual whatever it is what it is but I think that's maybe just the shock in that moment more so than anything and that's Um, always what it's it's just a shock but um, ultimately I mean if that's what they want kind of like what you said I kind of agree you know if you buy that toy then you know buy the other toy to kind of compliment and teach them both ways but generally if they have a purpose they're going to gravitate toward what they gravitate toward
0: and the uh-huh. sickening part is, is like, it's so many different layers to parenting that I think becomes a lot different, well, not even different, but difficult for the child when they grow up. Like, imagine, imagine you feeling like, and this is, you know, just an example. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like the premise for the topic, but imagine feeling like, okay, I was born gay, mm-hmm. right? And who's to say If you were or not, that's up to you. Like, I mean, everybody has their analytical, you know, presentation to make when, you know, that topic or that statement is made. But that's neither here nor there. You feel like you were born gay. But your parents are saying, in my house, we gonna start a Lord.
1: Well, one ain't got nothing to do with the other.
0: Ultimately, it doesn't. But then you you come across those... Religious people who, you know, tell you about, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and all of the different things about, you know, homosexuality and how is not how is not the way of the Lord and all of these different things that they say and they talk about Leviticus and all of this stuff. Okay, cool. What do you do with those feelings as the child and as the parent?
1: Well, I don't have those type of views, so that would not be a problem in my home. But right. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm I have no issue with a child being homosexual, whatever. That's not a problem. I think that the initial, like I say, is just a shock of, you know, you're looking at it as a prequel to this this the limit with the toy It's just a prequel to well, what is this what's going to come after this? Right. Is this the first sign of Mm -hmm. them because it may not even be that they may just genuinely want that toy and as they get older you know they heterosexual that's just their preference at that moment i don't know but um i mean growing up in a house like that i don't know that's you don't want to stifle your kid you don't want your kid to to feel like they can't be who they are and you can't be that strict in terms of your views in a household, but then want your child to be open to you.
0: Right, Right. You know
1: what I'm saying? Because there are times even in my own growing up, I felt like my, you know, my parents at some points were, um, I don't want to say I couldn't trust them, but, there were certain things that were said or done to gain my trust and to get me to open up. And then when I opened up, I felt like I was punished for being truthful. Right. Well, now I have no interest in talking to you.
0: Exactly. So don't ask me
1: anything no more. Mm-hmm. And then now we're at it bumping heads constantly because now you feel like I'm distant and I don't talk to you. Well, you violated my trust.
0: Right, right.
1: You tricked me into being truthful and now you want me to... To do it again? I don't think so. That's, and that's not gonna happen. What so that's is. essentially right. I would never do that to my child for right. one. Because if you want them to be truthful, then don't ask them, you know, to be truthful if you know you can't handle the truth.
0: And that's don't the sucker truth. them into right. Right.
1: saying which you know, being giving their truth and then you want to put them down because how they feel or their views are different from yours.
0: Because that's the reason why I use that particular example, because I said that, you know, Mm -hmm. with bringing up, you know, a person believing that they're gay or believing that they're homosexual, because it's the most controversial thing that's taking place in the church. And the sad thing about the church is that we'll skip over the commandments that were given or the bylaws that were set to actually love people mm-hmm. to be judgmental. And I always question people when they say certain things like, you know, when did you become God? Because you served God. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you don't become God just because you serve God. Right. And the problem with parenting is before they're conceived and they're in your womb, it's like, Oh, you just love this baby unconditionally mm-hmm. until they make a choice that you don't totally agree with. And, the idea of a you know, a child coming to you with, you know, homosexual feelings will almost make you forget that you committed to loving your kids unconditionally. But when did unconditional feelings have conditions? Like we have to get out of this ideal of, you know, straight being the way.
1: This is ultimately this whole conversation is ultimately about choice.
0: Pro choice. And at
1: as a, yeah, pro-choice. And as a parent, we have to learn and understand your only responsibility when you're bringing these beings into this world is to equip them as best you can to function in this world. Right. But you shouldn't take away their choice, even as children. And we still, you know, in some instances we do that, you know, um, you don't want to take away their choice or their comfort and expressing themselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, stay in the child's place, watch your mouth,
0: right? don't
1: talk back to me, I don't care that you didn't like that I did that or said that, I'm the parent, you the child. Right. Now, to some extent, yes, you, you, you instill discipline, you instill order, but then there should also be a space created for them to be open.
0: Right, right.
1: So nobody's saying don't discipline your kid, and I'm not saying that you can't, you know, create structure. Mm-hmm. But there has to be some form of communication for them, some form of, of 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 way for them to tell you and address their feelings.
0: Right. It gets tricky because um, I look at so many people who who deal with like insecurities because you know siblings like one sibling gets more attention than the other mm-hmm. um there are so many dimensions to childhood that is so pivotal to how an adult functions mm-hmm. in the world and the parents of today are so conditioned to just say the cliche the cliche shit you mm-hmm. know do as i say and not as i do mm-hmm. when what you do is more impactful yeah. than what you say. There like knows, parents don't realize the trap that they set for themselves because you don't live up to what you're saying and you don't do any of what you're telling me to do. So you're the more mm-hmm. you're the most detrimental <laughs> to me as an adult. Everything that I've taken on in my personal being has been kind of steered and directed by you. I think that that
1: statement is just incomplete. You don't say something like that without following up why you're stating that.
0: Right, right.
1: That's do true. as I say and not as I do. And you leave it at that. And they're like, well, what the f-
0: and Why are you clothes like, every fu- night in the class?
1: Right. So the thing is, don't just stop there. But let them know you're human too.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I'm saying? I have my faults and um, learn from my mistakes or I want you to do better than what I'm doing or do better than what I've learned to do as opposed to just simply don't worry about what I'm doing. Just do what I say. But then and she, they don't understand why you're saying right, that.
0: But when you say that, you know, acknowledging your faults, mm-hmm. this is more of the reason for our children to be allowed to make those mistakes and choices if that's what it is you know what I'm saying so like the ideas of people making choices is almost to say that their choices are going to stick and there's no possibilities of them changing like I know some people that have decided for Mm -hmm. themselves to you know entertain same sex relationships and found it to be worse than the opposite sex and Mm -hmm. then they convert back over we don't leave any room for decisions to be made by the people who make the choices and you still hold them to the responsibility of your feelings it's like totally unfair Mm -hmm. the bible just simply means basic instructions before leaving earth the bible tells you (laughs) to love your neighbor as yourself so Mm -hmm. even if they're doing something that you don't necessarily approve of you're supposed to still love the person but just do not like what they're doing um It doesn't mean that you have to socialize, but you definitely have to be cordial if they come into your circumference. It's just certain things that we fail to understand that we're responsible for, despite the choices that people make. And I wanted to talk about the parent trap simply because the children that we have are the closest thing to us, the most sensitive thing to us. And we still treat our kids like strangers. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like um I'm around a lot of parents who you know let their young kids like verbally express themselves and a long time I used to be like well damn you just gonna let this little nigga cuss like that (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying and I didn't realize that like my homeboy would be like where did you learn that word from did you hear me say that you know what I'm saying or you know, because he's mindful, like, I try not to cuss around my kids. Like, where did you get that from? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that opens up the dialogue for your kid to say, mm-hmm. well, this is what my friend daddy say or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it makes you investigate who you hanging, who your kids are hanging mm-hmm. around. Now you become a little bit more active mm-hmm. in what they're doing and opposed to don't say that. Right. And they don't even really know what they're saying. They just know that it makes sense. And it kind of describes how they feel. Like, I'm a person who don't necessarily cuss in front of adults. But profanity explains my feelings Mm -hmm. profoundly. (laughs) Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you might hear me say something and you like, brand. Because that's how my mama said, brand. You know, (laughs) like, she would be shocked to know that I have some very explicit feelings. Yeah. You know, things that I can't talk to her about because she is so religious and spiritual and i like i want people to understand that religious is not bad because you have to be religious about the faith that you practice you have to practice that every day but it's just the stigmas that come along with it to where you adopt a thing that kind of marginalizes or even colonialize somebody else that's the part of religion i don't like so what
1: if you interpreted this bible completely wrong
0: that's the that's another question. Like, There's
1: more than one way to interpret anything.
0: Right. But what right. if all
1: this time everybody's taking everything at face value and you're interpreting it completely wrong? Yeah. And you put so much weight on this Bible, this book, this religion mm-hmm. that you have and you're going about it all wrong.
0: I don't want to be that person at all at all like
1: see yeah I, I'm i a very spiritual person I don't and we're not gonna get into that too deep right now but <laughs> the thing is you know you can't be so faithful to this book and your religion that you lose quality of life
0: yeah that that has a a big impact on me because like I always like I always make sure I tell people whenever I talk to anybody that's on their spiritual walk, like you can't confuse God's will with God's work. Like you can't do God's job.
1: Your God praise your God will live your life.
0: Yeah. You have to give people the freedom of their choice. They're pro choice. They're, you know, they're at their most honest and they're most liberated when they're actually doing things that they want to do. And me telling you that, Jesus is the way when you've been raised Muslim is a, a never ending conversation mm-hmm. that's probably going to prevent us from even getting to know each other. One,
1: right,
0: possibly understanding that we could be of benefit to each other because we can teach each other about where we come from. And it gives us a more conducive form of unity, because I think when people think of unity, they associate it with everybody on one accord. And that's totally not what it is. Unity to me is, despite the fact we are different, we can coexist. And you You, respect the difference. You respect their choice. Mm -hmm. And if we did this with our children, like, you know, being in a position to where your kid says to you, I don't like. No, let's totally forget what I was going to say. The one thing that I can't stand about parents is when your kid is little. And you go over a family member house and your kid is more drawn or more compatible with a certain family member. But this other motherfucker on the side want a hug. And you say, give your auntie a hug. Mm
1: -hmm. Give
0: your uncle a hug. My kid don't like this little motherfucker over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to make me. You're not going to force me or force my kid to love you. That means you have to work on that relationship. That's my child's choice. To not fuck with your energy.
1: Or if my kid is stuck to my side. And you insisting on pulling them from me. To come to you. That's That's happening.
0: That shit crazy. And so now you know you have these situations. Where I have these situations. Where I'm having trouble. Feeling compassion for people. Because I was made to care for them. I didn't naturally start off. Caring about them like that. So it's like. When I say that I don't have to see them or I don't have to talk to them, it's like, oh, well, you're, being, you're holding a grudge or you're not necessarily being what's considered to be a family member. No, I'm being truthful. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was never my intent to have this level of compassion for this purpose. This is just what I was made to do by my parents.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, if you knew in real life that I never fuck with you. Like, Mm -hmm. from five years old, I didn't fuck with you. So, I definitely don't fuck with you now at 34.
1: Right.
0: You would understand, like, why when I see you in the street, it's just, hey, what up? Like, I talk to other people. You know what I'm saying? But as kids, it's like, you're made to love people. You're made to respect people who don't deserve respect. And kids
1: pick up on energy. Let's not get it twisted. Kids are not dumb beings by no means. Well, most of them anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, kids pick up on energy. They pick up on vibes. And,
0: yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't force people to do things that they don't want to do. So, like, me in this whole process of doing, you know, our two cents. Like, I want you to understand that you're going to get our two cents whether you need it or not. Because True. we talk about. A lot of stuff that people don't necessarily deal with. And the more that we get into like talking in this dynamic, it'll begin to like help us take certain forms Mm -hmm. within the show. That's gonna make people uncomfortable. Like, I am a person who was like raised in church my entire life. And I just got to a point within like the last two years where I just didn't feel like I needed church. Like, I felt like the more I became a part of the church for like the institution itself, the more of a hypocrite I became like I was literally just doing things because it was a a religious tradition, and it wasn't really benefiting me and Then I'm around people who would tell me the things that I love is the equation of how much sin I was in. I can't listen to. Like, secular music for what it is. was just good music, you know. Um, I can't listen to R&B because of the way it encouraged you to possibly sin. But here you are in church pretty much scouting your wife or your husband. And you're not even paying attention to the word. Like, how much have you changed for real If the feelings that are being conveyed within the song is Mm. still in you without you listening to the music. Right. Like how much of a change are you making? Like when I joined the, when I joined the church, the last two churches I joined, they were basically trying to make me with another member of the church so that they wouldn't lose membership. Mm. So that way, if you marry one of the sisters of the church, we don't lose two members and Y'all can keep paying. What? Y'all. It's like it's it's so many politics. That's too much. In that.
1: First of all, you're a little too involved in
0: my personal life. Exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: So, no. And church is a business.
0: It's a business. It's a
1: business. Is and and that's my choice if I even want to be involved in it. You know, you keeping track of how much and churches I don't understand now you keeping track of how much people tie. And then you're putting it on the back of the programs. Like, <laughs>
0: <Right?
1: laughs> Miss me with
0: that shit. First of all, <laughs> and so you letting other so people so you publicly
1: know. shaming, but you think because you you putting a code next to the amount that you're right. you're keeping it discreet. A, sl- a proper sleuth could figure out who is who. who is okay, who. Right. so first of all, that's just wrong altogether. Two, tithing to me and my personal opinion goes beyond just handing over money to a church. You think because I give you 10% of my income, the blessing's just gonna fall on my lap? No, it's gonna take me to put in work and to give back to my community. Tithing is treating my neighbor neighborly and giving back and helping out those that are in my community, you know, volunteering or um paying it forward is beyond just giving money monetary you know if that's what it is then send jesus down to get this money himself <laughs> tell god to come down and get this 10% himself <laughs> i'm serious because this is just ridiculous
0: it's crazy you know and like i don't like i don't totally feel like i don't need you know the the instructions of the book so to say but what i want to what i want to establish is I want to establish a pure heart. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to do that, I have to kind of like detox my masculinity and some areas of my spirituality, like not necessarily feeling like my way that I was taught. I'm not even 100% sure if any of what I'm taught is real because nobody can provide me proof of nothing. Like we've never heard Mm -hmm. of, We'll hear that they find in fossils and bones from dinosaurs, but we ain't never heard about oh, this is the bone structure of Malachi and Peter and all these different people that were in the book. You never hear about, you know, well the letter J wasn't even in, you know, installed in the language at the time that the Bible was written. Like we can't ask the questions without getting spiritual answers that you have been practicing your whole life. So I'm trying to like get to a point where I understand people for being people, despite the fact what they believe, understanding that a person can't help what they believe because they're being simply taught what their parents are teaching them. You can't fault the next man for believing what he believes. If it's just the same cycle that you've been overwhelmed with in your household, it's just a different religion. He may be Muslim, you may be Catholic. It's still the same cycle. You're doing pretty much what you're being told to do. And walking this walk, I just want to be a little bit more kinder to humans because that's what humanity is. And being a person who, like, I haven't really been able to fulfill, you know, any responsibilities to being a parent because, my, of course, my kid died. You know, at 11 days old. But if I was to be a parent again, I would want my child to feel like they can completely trust me for the person that I'm displaying before them every day. Because a lot of things are more likely not to happen when your kids trust you that much to where they feel like they can tell you anything. And that's the point that I think like we should all strive to be at with being parents because your kids are like suffering with feelings that they can't necessarily explain or talk about because they feel like before they even tell you they know how you going to act when they tell you yeah you know in the sad you know and i really don't think that we intentionally do these things i just no, think that it's just not at a all. cycle Of just regurgitating the same things over and over again and not really finding out what makes us happy or what makes us human.
1: But you know these conversations are very beneficial and kind of makes you think and sometimes you do need some type of check to to kind of well, what am I doing? Am, right. I, am I doing these things? Mm-hmm. And you know, take coming from this will make me be more mindful about how I even interact with you know my daughter. Um, right. But like, we were just at the mall on her birthday this past Tuesday, and I told her, you know, I get get her some outfits, some clothes, and let her pick what she, whatever she wants. And of course, I'm like, you want that?
0: Right. Oh my gosh, right. what?
1: But this shirt is cute. But you know, I'm like, okay, it's her birthday. Let her have what she wants. But right. I'm just like, oh my gosh! But at the same time, it's still cool to see. Well, what is your style, and what do you like? Right, right. But
0: you know, because you would be surprised, and you know. Um,
1: and I quickly was like, oh god. I'm turning into a typical mom. My mom did that to me. Yeah. You don't want this? You want that?
0: Because like, <laughs> you don't realize that they may pick that outfit and it may have truly been ugly, but it takes for them to get around their friends. Yeah. And their friends, like, that's an ugly shirt. <laughs> and they might come back like, mom, you was right. You but what so? I like
1: in my style is just different from right. hers. And I just have to accept that, you know, it's just a different generation. Right. And it's what she like, you know, so...
0: I would be like so interested to hear like some of the listeners like tell us like some of the things that you felt like your parents trapped you into like a belief that you don't even carry today. But it's something that your mother or your father or your grandparents instilled in you because um, we like we talk like on and off the air and it's a show that we about to do where we going to address grandma. Mm. And the bullshit grandma been saying to You know us, what?
1: Grandma, Auntie, Grandpa,
0: y'all, Uncle Jungboo. Yeah. Y'all
1: out here giving false
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know. And too, you know, we have to understand too that like most of the things that we dealing with today started with them. You know, misogyny and you know, you know, just the hierarchy and patriarchy and all of those things. Like they they very much suffered. And probably were the ones that, you know, made the installation of these things that we deal with today. And so a lot of the things that we were taught were like pretty much or like primary stemming, primarily stemming from rebellion. Like, you know, knowing that you feel a certain type of way about what's been done to you. And so you're just trying to like raise your kids to defend themselves against things that they don't even know or haven't even experienced. So it's a lot of shit that I remember hearing you know, a particular grandmother say that I'm like, Grandma, you want some bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, you know, even my life, you know, or that's not my feelings, you know. So it's a lot of things that, you know, we as parents have to understand because even if you're not a physical or a biological parent, you may be a godparent or you may be somebody that a kid really looks up to and you got to make sure that you're telling them the most healthy and substantial things to you know make them comfortable with being who they are yes. because um not being comfortable with who you are does lead to some detrimental things like suicide or mm-hmm. you know doing some type of bodily harm to yourself and i would personally like to know if i ever had a kid that my son or daughter would you know definitely tell me this is what i'm contemplating you know absolutely so. Let us know what you think, man. Like, hit us up on any of the social media. We really didn't even get into any introduction, so I'll do it now. I am Dergo BJ. You can definitely follow me at D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter and Instagram. Also follow the show, Our Two Cents Pod, on um, Twitter and Instagram and on our Facebook page. Totally neglect the fact that there are other Our Two Cents Pod. We're the real one, and we have the better artwork. You see the different colors, the red, the The blue. You know, (laughs) hey. Support them. If they got good content, let us know that too. You know, we definitely shout out the other our two cents. I think we all are typically trying to serve the same purpose. But for us, you get our two cents, whether you need it or not. But that's neither here nor there. Follow our show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then also follow my co host at
1: Mona Lissa, M O H N A. L-Y-S-S-A-A.
0: We are definitely trying to change the dynamic of the conversation. So um, let's not get trapped up in tradition and not paying attention to the needs of the people that we care about the most. Um, Hit us up with your comments, um, criticisms, if you have any, whatever it is. Let's just expand the conversation. This has been another episode of Our Two Cents Podcast. See you in another two weeks. Peace.
1: Bye.